You're listening to episode 71 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we are recording on Wednesday, April 20th. Woo! We've been so good about our episodes and our recording. <laughs> we have, and I think it helps that there's so much to talk about right now, so that if we miss or if we delay, it feels like we're just going to get, like, overwhelmed in, like, yes. two weeks. <laughs> That's very true because usually like I did not think honestly we were going to do multiple Picard episodes, but there's A, a lot to talk about and B, we've got so much coming up that I'm like, we don't have time to do like a two hour episode right? at the end on this because A, we're not going to talk about it, have time to talk about everything and B, like there's a million other things we're going to want to talk about. So uh, speaking of which, before we dig into Picard episodes six through eight, sort of, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about how yeah, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some news yesterday was it yesterday or day before i don't know this week the thor love and thunder trailer dropped oh i was about to say no it definitively to say no it was yesterday but now i am having second thoughts too (laughs) but either way unclear it dropped this week and oh my god natalie portman's arms natalie portman's arms (laughs) like just like the best thing I have seen in a very, very long time were Natalie Portman's arms. This looks, I this looks so good. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's. We obviously are of of the camp that we fucking loved Ragnarok, which yeah. we saw mm-hmm. together. Yeah, to, like memories. I am of the camp that I love Thor: The Dark World. Just to remind you all, that how is just could, me on this how side, though. We forget. I know. <laughs> My husband started trolling me about that the other day. And like, I'm like, how, how do you know? Because he's like not really on, he's not an internet person. And like, I don't like I talk at home about my love for Thor the Dark World. And like, so like he just started like talking about, it's like, it's no Thor the Dark World. But I'm like, wait, how do you know? And he was like, I know. And I was like, That's amazing. It was, I love it was, that a lot. It was, it was <laughs> not great. Um, but it seems like so I know that people took issue sort of with Thor in uh Endgame, not just for mm-hmm. the the obvious reasons, but because Ragnarok does such a good job of like character development for him and putting him in a certain place and then, you know, he doesn't have the hammer anymore and all these things, and then <laughs> Endgame gave him like the that axe hammer Mm -hmm. thing it was just like the same thing all over again exactly it was a little bit of a regression for the character Mm -hmm. and so it looks like based on this trailer tag is like "Uh uh-uh i have my idea for who this character is and we are sticking to it yeah so that sounds it seems like it's gonna be fun like obviously it's a lot of quick cuts it's a lot of like but it looks like a very like coming of age I think so. About I think we didn't. My my feeling from that trailer is we didn't get any of the story, which is fine. No. Like, and that's fine. I think that was on purpose. Like, I think they're telling, they're showing us like the fun bits without giving away much of what the story is until like that very last scene with Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. I'm very very excited. Like, I yeah. think it's going to be delightful, and mm-hmm. we're going to get some really really just exciting storytelling mm-hmm. um yeah i'm i'm thrilled i can't wait i yes. don't i we should have looked up when it's coming out i did not do that i did not do that either but it is coming out it is going to be a movie <laughs> <laughs> well so next we know is the multiverse of madness which is soon mm-hmm. it's like in the next few weeks yeah um, may 5th i think yeah and so thor will be after that at some point yes 
point. In the next two years, this movie will be a movie, and it will come out. <laughs> so good at this. We're on. We're on top of it. We're on top how, of it. How to podcast when you don't have a producer? Yes. Yes. Um, in other news, the Batman finally hit HBO Max streaming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I did watch it yesterday. Yes, you did. I um, would like to report that this is going to be my personality for the next few weeks. Yes. Okay. Is okay. Good. Good. A fan of emo, angsty, sad little puppy Bruce Wayne. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am very excited to watch it. I'm hoping I'll get to it this weekend. Um, but but I I real I genuinely definitely want to watch it. Yeah, it's no spoilers, obviously, um, but I am excited to... There are things to discuss, I think. It's not It's not a Nolan Batman, and I think, mm-hmm. personally, I think that's where a lot of the criticism came from and a lot of the okay, frustration okay. came from. Um, to me, it was like a fun... It was a little too long, but it's a really fun Batman movie. But, like, Nolan had his trilogy. Like, why would we want another Nolan Batman? Like, you want to see... The whole point of bringing in new directors and stuff is you want to see different people's vision of what this character could be. It's so funny. I feel like the combination of the perceived disaster of the Schumacher Batman mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Batman and Robin in the 90s with the incredible success of the Nolan trilogy honestly mm-hmm. barring that last one because I was not a fan of the last one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um forced us into this narrative of who sort of like movie Batman has to be right and to me what this one did and again it's not a perfect film but there are there are a lot of things about it I liked is give us a Bruce Wayne and a Batman who is unique but still very much in the Batman Bruce Wayne is like a dramatic bitch sort of vein. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Like, I mean, I, the I guy it. puts on a bat suit and goes and fights crime. Like, mm. there's something inherently funny about that. It is so funny. I laughed a lot. Oh, good. Okay, okay. Intentionally or unintentionally. Okay, and how do you feel? Our friend Ellen, her uh, her review of it to me, she saw in theaters, uh, was that it is dark. And I mean that quite literally. It's not Game of... Th- it doesn't have the Game of Thrones problem. Okay. I will okay. say that. It was... We did, like, turn off all the lights and close okay. the blinds. Because it, it is... Okay. It is a very... But they use... I thought he used lighting really, really well, actually, mm-hmm. in the film. So there are some scenes that I was like, I wish this was a little bit lighter so I could okay. see. But I think he handled... He uses... Silu- Matt Reeves, I guess, I'm, I'm not sure who the... Um, production side of it is but they use silhouettes very well i thought okay, good, which good. is great for batman yeah yeah that works really well um so yeah we'll talk about it when you see it i think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i'm very curious to what your reaction is going to be <laughs> um in other very very exciting news they cast percy jackson for the disney plus series yeah i keep forgetting that this is going to be a disney plus series but i am glad um yeah and like rick riordan is a hundred percent like on board and excited about this in a way that like if you have not looked up rick riordan's frustrations with the percy jackson films highly recommend googling he was not pleased yeah yeah. <laughs> um, but they cast Walker Scobell, who I guess is the little kid in The Adam Project with Ryan Reynolds, which I've not seen. But I saw some like interview clips and he's very, he's like a cute, funny little kid. So I think it'll be great. Like I'm mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. 
I love this series. Yeah. I, it it deserves a quality screen representation. Good. Good. Um, I'm a big fan too. I've read the entire original series and I think a few of the Heroes of Love Olympus one. I've read quite a few of these books and I think they're fantastic. So they're I'm really so I'm really glad that we're getting that we're gonna get this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing on the news docket is Nimona is coming to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. So this was there's this was in production for a really long time with Disney. With Disney, mm-hmm. and I think the it's an overtly queer story. Yes, uh, and that is a big part of the story. And yep, my understanding of the situation, and correct me if I'm wrong, is basically Disney basically quashed it because they refused to take out all the. LGBTQ stuff. I don't know. I I don't know. I genuinely yeah. don't. Know. I know, like it came out with, with all with the "Don't Say Gay" bill. I know some stuff about this movie came out, and that Disney did not want to put it out there. Uh, but I I haven't seen necessarily the. There's a lot of heavy implications without anybody actually saying anything, and that's my guess about what happened. So, do you know is this the same movie that they've just moved it to Netflix, or did Netflix re? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, know if we're really excited. Like, I love Nimona. I think that's the thing I'm trying to focus on because I genuinely don't know what the reasoning was. I don't know what happened. I would imagine you're not far off the mark. But yeah, we, we have no idea, right? Yeah, we, we and a lot. I think know. the people involved are probably under NDAs, so they like can't say anything, and it's. But a I mess. think we can all agree that we're excited that it's coming out. Yes, uh, and it's you know Chloe Mora, uh, Chloe Moretz, right, is her name, and I believe it's Riz Ahmed. And hey. uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did not realize yeah. that. Yeah, I think the voice cast is um yeah it's Riz Ahmed, um Chloe Moretz, and Eugene Lee Yang from the Try. I want to say he's like the BuzzFeed Try Guys. Okay, okay. Um, is what the cast looks like right now. And I'm like, yes. I'm yes, here for yes, it. yes, 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 yes. Here yes, for it. Yes. Um, very always happy to see our buddy Riz get more work. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> our friend Riz Ahmed. Yes, our, our very, very our close very personal friend. friend. Yes. I was actually <laughs> thinking about that the other day. Uh, like I was thinking about Star Wars Celebration. I think it's like Star Trek Mission, which is like the Star Trek version of Star Wars Celebration just happened. And I was thinking about how happy uh, our close personal friend Alan Tudyk was <laughs> right. to see us. Uh, <laughs> if you guys have, if, if like you haven't heard this story, we... um. We went to well, so we we bought a picture with Alan Tudyk. We don't know him or anything, no. but like the night before our photo, we were at uh, we were at like the Star Wars Galactic Nights thing at Disney World, and I think like we yelled at Alan Tudyk, who was like on a float or in a car. <laughs> I don't even remember. He was like we yelled at Alan Tudyk during a parade, and he like noticed us, and we were really excited about seeing Alan Tudyk and he like waved at us. And then I think he recognized us a little bit when we came in for the photo the next day, because we were just as enthusiastic (laughs) in a very small space. (laughs) And you could see like on his face, he was like more excited to see, he was not actually more excited to see us than we were to see him, but it kind of came across that way. (laughs) (laughs) And then like 
we have. He is so happy to see us. It's and really it's just, good. It's a really good memory. It's a really oh, good dreams. memory. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, our close personal friends. Our close personal friends from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um all right so i guess that's it for news so we can we can speaking of star trek we can sort of dig right into these episodes but we're going to treat the conversation a little different yes okay so we are having differing opinions on gerardi's storyline we were pretty much in sync on the Mm -hmm. last time we talked and then i have since kind of changed my opinion um i do agree i do still think that i wish like Basically, we're getting a very similar storyline for her last season to this season. I do agree with that, but there are some things in play that I changed my mind on, and then some new information I have that hasn't aired yet um, because I've seen one episode past what we're going to discuss. So we are just putting a pin in that for now um, because you still aren't on board. I am not. I am very frustrated, sort of, based on six through eight yeah. with how specifically just the Gerardi Borg Queen storyline is going. Um, part of it is my ho- own hang-ups in terms of that kind of story, that sort yes. of, like, that trope. I don't like it. I've never liked it, In it's not something I usually engage with. Um, yeah, and I was thinking about it, and part of the reason I'm, I have changed my mind is you and I were talking about last time about how she the board queen appeals to her by saying you're alone mm-hmm. and you we both were like but we see on screen that's not the case yeah you know uh and that there are a lot of people who care about her and i was thinking a lot about that and i realized that i kind of changed my mind on that because like as a person with anxiety, I often feel very alone when objectively I am not mm-hmm. alone. And so I think I have kind of done a 180 there where even if you have a lot of people in your life that care about you, you can still feel alone or you can still feel like, you know, you annoy them by, you know, just being you and and knowing she is an anxious person because that is one of the things we do know about her very well. I kind of changed my mind on that, but I've... I'm I'm curious to and I have I have a lot of thoughts there so but all of that is to say we're on different pages about that now Mm -hmm. and I think let's we'll just put a pin in that and we'll come back to that in our season our episodes nine and ten discussion yeah but I think for today we did because something that is very compelling and is very exciting is what they're doing with Q and what they're doing with Picard yes so that's sort of we're gonna our conversation isn't gonna be quite so linear as we usually do, like we're not going to go like beat by beat through the episode. Instead, sort of more of a holistic conversation about yeah about these char- two characters in yeah. particular, um, and maybe a little bit about Seven and Rafi too, yes. and kind of some of their beats that we're finally getting in episode like eight. Um, yeah, it's an yeah. unevenness though for them. Yes. I want more, but I mm-hmm. want. Okay, let's start. Let's let's start. Okay, I feel let's like start, we're all over the place. Okay, start. What did you think? Let's start with Picard because, like, he is at the center of this. Let's start with his. He, we got a lot of information in episode yes. seven, I believe. Yep. Uh, so, how did you feel? What did you think? I really like one. I will say it was unexpected. Like, there was a way I thought they were going to take the story went mm-hmm. through like domestic violence, through you know all these things, especially knowing how involved Patrick Stewart is with that cause. Um, I like that we're getting his backstory, and I like that they're making it more complex in terms of what a child believes Mm 
yes. and what a child sees happen and what the actualities are. That said, I don't love the mental health locked in a room trope. That's yeah. Okay. Right? So here's the thing. Okay. I have, because I, I completely, I am. I am 100% sorry. I'm hitting my mic there. so agreeing with you. Because, like, I am 100% on the same page. And I think the message – so basically what what we learn is that I think basically we're seeing Picard's father not as a monster, but not as a hero either. Like, I don't think he's vindicated because, like, he locks her in a room. Like, it's not – okay it's not what I, I think we're seeing a man who is trying to grapple with his wife's mental illness and has no idea what to do or how to help her and he does not act well but i think that jean Luc is the one who internalizes that yes and, and it, the effect on him is i don't think it's supposed to vindicate picard's father is my point no i agree with you i think my my the, the strangeness of it is sort of like it's sort of like you know the the conversation and the that that note about like oh it's it's Star Wars but Padme still dies of childbirth right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's that notion of like Star Trek is of our universe it's just set far future mm-hmm. and so it felt very archaic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. within the context of when they are supposed to be like it felt felt very uh anachronistic i guess rather mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. for what we know of the star wars un- or star wars ugh, star trek universe yeah. it does and it doesn't because if you think about when jean luc was a boy he's like a hundred years old <laughs> it this, Sorry, at this i know point. i know it just you know, so if funny you, yeah yeah, yeah I, but i mean like literally i'm not i'm not exaggerating no, that's still the 24th fourth century he's, wouldn't it be yeah so he's in the 24th 25th century at this point so we're talking about early 20th um, is my math wrong i don't right? know like no that sounds right late 23rd century the 2200s which if you if you I, i'm not really arguing with you i think you are absolutely right but like there is something to be said for the way stuff is portrayed in the original series versus now and it all being a product of its time and if yeah. you interpret that in universe True. as an okay, evolution of society that's fair like i can see i i i, I do ag- but like that being said like i i do also feel like like, they do make you feel kind of out of time with Picard's childhood, with the clothes they wear, yes. with the, the, hats. the giant hats. Yeah. And, like, with even 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 in that, in that episode where she's wearing, like, the princess outfit, you're supposed to feel – I feel like they're trying to make you feel like you're completely out of time. Yes, they are. And, and, and so it is very hard, I think, to judge. Um, I don't think this is – I, I wouldn't point to this as a mental health storyline handled well, no. but I would point to it as a mental health storyline. Like this is not an example of how somebody should handle mental health, but I do think it's a honest portrayal of how somebody might handle mental health. Does that make sense? Like it's I not think- good representation, no. but it is, it is an honest, 
I think, portrayal of how somebody at their wit's end might handle or the how situation a child in a terrible way would interpret a situation. I and think that's, that's the thing that's too. What it is. I like, think I that's a thing too. It's not. It's not a hundred. We are. Is Jean Luc is not a reliable narrator. Here. No. This I is think 100%. that is the key. Yeah. And and what's her face? Uh, whose name I can Tell never him. remember. Thank you. Um, keeps being like there's something else. There's something else. So there's something we don't know yet. And yeah. I, that one, the idea of like, this is all a child's interpretation. We don't know if it's the truth. Um, combined with your very good note of like what Star Trek does, regardless of this idea that it's meant to represent the far future of humanity is very much represent us as a society because yeah. it is very much a product of who is writing it and when they are writing it yeah so like even if that gave me like major jane Eyre vibes no no it didn't i think it's supposed to is the thing is, like with exactly. the clothes they're wearing with the structure of the house with the way the house feels the caves like i think it's supposed to make you think like are we in victorian times here like what is going yeah. on well, i think that's deliberate we'll get some kind of reveal i think and hope by the season's end of the why behind it. Without without any spoilers, it, that storyline does continue. Like, it's, it's they're, they're not going to leave us hanging there. But with, um, with Picard especially, I think the truth of it in some ways doesn't matter. It does because it's his mother. But the tr- it, it, what matters is he, in this, in this case, what matters is how he, his internal story of it is what mm-hmm. matters. Like it's almost, I don't want to make it sound like it doesn't matter what happened to this poor woman because it absolutely does. But for the purposes of Star Trek Picard, what matters for the story is how this little boy interpreted the information, processed it, and how it has affected him through his life. Yeah. So that's kind of what we have to, like, I guess that's what has to be grappled with. Um, but I did think I do want to mention James Callis as the yeah. therapist. So good. Flash and you know, dad. <laughs> there's so many, um, there are so many <laughs> theories here that I actually agree with. So the setting of so then he makes it clear that's this is just fun Star Trek stuff, not like relevant to the overall story, but he makes it clear that that's a psyche valve. Yeah. Um and so have the fitness for duty type thing. And my friend Alex on Twitter pointed out that it's in the Enterprise E's ready room. Like the ready room of Picard's Enterprise E is the setting. And so it's quite possible this is a psych eval for a return to duty after the destruction of the Enterprise D. And also, and that's where like his mind is drawing from. And also James Cowles looks a lot like Alexander Siddig, Dr. Bashir. So it's quite possible. Like Dr. Like Dr. Bashir gave him his psych eval and like... Like, it's quite possible that, like, Picard pulled, his subconscious pulled all of that into this setting. And I just thought that was a really cool, like, really, like, in the weeds observation. There's also something to be said for, like, the therapist dad. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, yeah. It's, like, have the same actor play the father and the therapist and, like, mm, what's happening there, Jean-Luc? Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a good, it's a good, I thought it was, a, I thought the episode itself, and it's funny because the first time I watched it, and I warned you of this when you were watching too, I was like, this episode is slow. Like, when I was watching it the first time, I was like, 
I don't know if I'm into this. And then like you get to the end and then you realize kind of what they've done with the story mm-hmm. and why there's so much talking and why there has to be so much talking. And then like it clicked for me and I loved it. And then I went back and watched it and really enjoyed it the second time through because the pacing is just so different. The show is so tense and sh- so like, like go, 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 go. And then all of a sudden you're like, you have this therapy session, you know, mm-hmm. but I thought they did. They handled it very well. Yeah, I thought it was a really great sort of like bottle episode in that way. Yes, um, because we're coming off of Picard in the in the like party episode, mm-hmm. Picard's mm-hmm. commitment to getting um, Renee onto mm-hmm. the the whatever she has to go on, um, and we see a lot of this aspect of Picard in this season of like being the one who sits down and has the conversation and convinces the person to do the right thing. Right. Yes. He's done it several times. Yes. So it was a great way to follow that up after he yeah. gets hit by the car with soon, soon hits him with the car um, of getting this like, Oh, but we're going to look at like what's going on inside his head and how he's being impacted by these things that are going on. I think that is a great point, and I hadn't thought of that. I think you're absolutely right. Like, it is, this season has been a lot of Picard sitting down and talking to people and convincing them to do the right thing, and now it's his turn. And yeah. I think that's a really good point. Um, because he is, like, talking out of both sides of his mouth a little bit. He's saying, yeah. he's telling people, like, you need to do the hard thing, and then he refuses to do the hard thing. And so now mm-hmm. he has to, he has to confront it, basically. Um is that is that the major That's the main stuff, stuff for for 7 because then an 8 is where we get him with um Guinan and yes. the like oh, Wells okay. the like Agent Wells the FBI comes I was like what is happening like when did what what is going on Yes um which again it forces Picard into the position of truth telling right which is a lot of what this season seems to be setting up of like forcing Picard to tell the truth about who he is and what he wants and what his motivations are. Yeah. Because he and Guinan are like put in this like black op site, whatever by this guy mm-hmm. who is like, you guys are aliens. You're going to get rid of humanity. Yep. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, like, it's funny because you're just like, this guy's a crackpot. But then he starts, like, the way the story unfolds is actually really cool because he just starts giving them, like, more and more of what he has. And you're just like, fuck. He has oh, everything. Oh, no. Oh, no. He knows. Oh, no. But um, I really, I actually really liked this for this, this. I don't usually like people from the past. I don't usually like that, that trope in sci-fi. Yeah. But I actually really liked this one because I think of the way... Like, Jean-Luc didn't outwit him. He didn't, like... Right. Was, and the guy says multiple times, like, I am, I'm out of my league here. You're, you've got better technology than me. You're probably smarter than me. But, like, Picard's like, okay, let's lay it out on the table. Like, you tell me the truth and I'll tell you the truth. Because uh, it was only after Guinan sort of gets separated and Q finally mm-hmm. shows up, which we'll talk about Q in a second, um... That guy, because they're trying to figure out, like, how do we trick this guy? They're lying to him. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like, we don't know what you're talking about. Treating like, him like just, an idiot, basically. Yeah, basically. Like, like he's ridiculous. Uh, and then Guinan shows herself to Picard and is like, yeah. humans, every human is locked in the past, right? Which yeah. is, again, another idea of, like, 
coming off of seven, which is all about Picard's fat, like focus on his own past. There is something there. And that is what forces Picard to finally tell his own truth after hearing the agent's mm-hmm. truth of like these, these uh, Vulcans coming to earth and seeing them and being afraid of them. Yeah. And so like, I thought that was a really profound because there's a really great episode of Star Trek Enterprise, uh, which you don't hear often. Sorry, I'm hard <laughs> on that series. It's actually not that bad, but uh, it's called Carbon Creek, I believe. And it it's about like one of, it's about basically how Vulcans visited us throughout history and some mm-hmm. got stuck on earth and um, like, and so it, like, it ties back to that. And it was, I thought that was a very cool touch where, you know, he stumbles across these Vulcans in the woods and they try to mind meld with him to make him forget. And it, you know, doesn't work and they're beamed away. I really liked that touch. Um, and that he has a misinterpretation of his own memory because we are seeing the memory mm-hmm. and the way he is describing it is much more terrifying and much more horrific than what we see happen, like on screen, which is again, paralleling. Picard with his memory versus what actually happened. Exactly. We don't we don't know the full truth of what happened yet. But you know, he's like, he was gonna push my eye into my skull and blah blah blah. And we see it as very gentle touch. Yes. It's the mind meld. Um, mm-hmm. but it is again these like pulling at those threads of what is true and what is not true. Right, right. And like the mind meld is like a very invasive process if you don't know what especially if you're not aware of what is happening, but like it's not a threat like it's not an attack it's not you know it's just like yeah and so it is it it, it, I I loved that scene like that Mm -hmm. scene between Wells and Picard where he like walks up to him and says are you sure he wasn't doing this and like puts the hand on the face it's like it's a mind meld those were Vulcans like they weren't weren't trying to hurt you like no no you know they were just visiting earth like (laughs) um and then but okay, so let's let us let's go back though to what Q tells Guyan yes. because like this is the key to the season. What he tells her, um, and what she figures out on a lot of it is what she figures out on her own. Yeah, because she has a whole thing with Picard, uh, where their Guyan species and Q's species have this sort of like agreement, like literal in a bottle agreement. The moment right is in that yeah. bottle, uh, where. If they are called, they will come. Like, always. Always, always, Mm -hmm. always. And they do it, and he doesn't show up. And she's Mm -hmm. like, that's never happened. Right. In in the history of time, this has never happened. Yeah. Um, And we know, as the audience, that something is wrong with Q. Yes. And Picard knows, too. And, and, but we don't know what. And we get the answer in this episode, which is basically he and it seems like all the members of the Q continuum as well are dying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just seem like it's him, although he doesn't like specify that for sure. Um, Guinan does say she reached like when she like accessed the continuum through that bottle, she felt a fear and like a despair and a hopelessness and she feels the same thing in Q. So I feel like the implication is all the Q are dying mm-hmm. and Q is basically He's actually pretty fine with dying um, because he's immortality gets old after a while, but uh, he has been waiting for some sort of like revelation of meaning. Like, what does his life mean? What meaning has he like, what has his life meant? And Mm -hmm. nothing is happening. So basically he's trying to create meaning and he's doing it in this very weird way. Yeah, I was. I think I'm a little, and maybe it's because I don't 
have a full understanding of Hugh, but the fear, it felt far like far more fear than necessarily acceptance on his part, mm-hmm. but fear of the unknown and fear of, you know, not sort of being the all-powerful being he used to be. So I'm I think and I think I meant to to an extent mm-hmm. be a little confused about his actions and his mindset and oh, yeah he, I, I yeah I, I 100% right? think we know the the motivation now but we still don't understand the end game because he also you know she's like you you put them in the past and he's like he was he's very quick to be like no Picard made that choice Picard did that like he is not taking credit for where they are or when they are rather mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. at all he is like I, di- I didn't do that which yeah. is which was also interesting because mm-hmm. it's like you might not have but yeah how many, like how you, many choices did you give them yeah like you led them here and the question is like I think there is a lot of fear and I think the fear stems from I don't think he's afraid I genuinely don't think he's afraid of dying and my guess will be that that is going to like I, with knowing no information this is not a spoiler like I think he's gonna die at the end of the season I think that's where this is leading like I don't think like there's gonna be some sort of thing that saves him but I think what he's afraid of is dying without feeling his life didn't mean anything mm-hmm. and I think the one person who has made him better the one person who has challenged him and really even for for the briefest moments, made him act in a selfless way. All of that is Picard. So mm-hmm. I think it makes like if especially if you've watched the episode like Deja Q, which is one of my favorite Star Trek episodes to rewatch, just because it's funny. But it's also the episode is what happens is Q gets banished from the continuum because he is basically wreaking havoc and has no accountability, and everyone else in the continuum is tired of cleaning up his messes. So he become he he's a he is able to choose what he what kind of mortal he becomes and where he's going to serve live the rest of his life and he chooses human and the enterprise. Mm-hmm. So basically, they have to deal. The enterprise has to deal with Q, like human Q, which you know, like is a whole thing in and of itself. They have to protect him from the people he's tormented and like it's a whole thing. And then he like at the like he has to learn to live as a human mm-hmm. and he's it's it's a great episode on so many levels um really funny but also very very thoughtful and well done and i think like the one time and like even like all good things which we rewatched for this season like at the end humanity's put on trial and he tells picard like moving him back and forth through time was q's choice like he didn't have to do that but that was q's way of letting Picard find a way out of the mess that mm-hmm. basically Q had put him in from the fir- from the pilot episode. And so, like, Q has these things he's doing, and then, tr- like, it's just, he's very complicated, and I think, in a lot of ways, unknowable. But I do think that, like, Picard is his one chance for, to find meaning in his life and to make sure his life meant something. The question is what he's doing. Like, that's the question I don't understand. And I think we're not supposed to. Like, why? Like, why is this? I understand why it's Picard, but why is changing history in this way how he's going to find meaning? Is it, is it, he will find meaning for himself if Picard comes to terms with his own, you know what I mean? Like, is it that if Picard can come to terms with his own past 
cute i don't know i don't understand like i i I don't think we're supposed to i think we're i i feel like we're trying to map what we know of q and the episodes that we have seen of q onto this and perhaps that's not what we should be doing Mm -hmm, mm um because even having watched those episodes or having listened to you talk about these other q episodes i don't Maybe by the end that that line will be clear, but right now I'm not seeing necessarily a line between them because this is a cue that we don't truly know. Like we haven't seen a cue faced with his own mortality before, right? I mean, um, we have, but that was a cue to chose to right, die. Right. Not not like like there's in Voyager, there's a whole storyline where a cue wants to commit suicide and the continuum won't let him because he wants to die. He wants the right he wants the right to die basically. Yeah. And this is uh, not that, right? This is not this that. Is, this is yeah. it's taken from him and he doesn't understand why. And it's also he is not he is clearly very angry and not mm-hmm. acting like 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 Picard's point was like he's not acting like he's acting very he's not acting normal. Yeah, I mean, Picard's doing the same thing we are, right? He is trying yeah. to find a cue that he knew and isn't finding him and so isn't able necessarily to parse him or his choices the way he might have once been able to do. Yeah. Um, and but so- I do think it's interesting at the end of episode, at the end of the episode, I think it is, I th- I think he's like, Q is, I've always gone, I've always gone into like interactions with Q with the understanding that Q is unknowable and maybe... Maybe it's not about knowing myself. Maybe it's about knowing Q. And yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, fascinating yeah. because I yeah. think I agree. Like I always write Q and whenever I don't understand something, I always write a Q off. Well, Q's unknowable. Like he's written that way. But mm-hmm. what if, what if Picard could reach him on that level? Yeah. I mean, it, it is that idea of like, find how, what's, that's immensely human, right? Trying to mm-hmm. find meaning in your life. Like that's an yeah. immensely human perspective. Although uh, I did, I was a little bit like Vulcans don't don't try to make themselves better people. Like I like during that whole like the whole like that is uniquely human. Thing, like, <laughs> Klingons, Klingons try to make themselves better. They like go on like go on like quests and like Star Trek is species. Poor, poor Klingons! <laughs> like come on, man! Come on! It was it was yeah, it was pretty funny. Really funny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that there's a lot we're going to find out in the last two yeah, episodes. I think I'm, so. It's only two episodes. I think this is where I'm struggling a little bit is that I want, and the Jurati stuff, again, we're not getting into it, but it in terms of Q and Picard, it almost feels like everything is so disjointed. Mm-hmm. I'm a little nervous about all the threads coming together in the last mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, because there's. I mean, so, I understand. That. There's a lot. They're so disparate. It feels mm-hmm. like right now, um, and right now we're setting up plot wise to go into episode nine with Jurati teaming up with Sung, um, assimilating a bunch of uh, drone like with imperfect material, so they're not going to be like super like super drones like we've seen in the past. Yeah, and then they're getting ready to basically go and attack the ship. It, like, straight up feels like two different television shows happening at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah. That's where I'm having a problem. And I, yeah, I I, I get that. I don't, I, I had, I, 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 yeah. I, I don't, 
I don't really like I had that a little bit in the first season. Well, no, actually, I had that a lot in the first season um, with the, like, whole Borg-Romulan artifact storyline. Mm-hmm. And then, the again, the Picard, like, the the personal journey Picard is going on versus, like, the overall, like, more sci-fi aspect of it. Um, yeah, I definitely felt that in the first season. And I'm curious to see how they bring it all together. Yeah, I'm, I will, we'll find out in just yeah. a few short weeks, I guess. But Yes, two more weeks. Uh, I think we'll save... Even the like Rafi Seven stuff. Yeah, I vote. I actually vote we save only okay, because yeah. I feel like we got just the tiniest snippet of it. Right, like when Seven is like, "You manipulate people." I was like, "What? Yeah, we what? Huh?" And then they I give think... us the flashback, like showing her. It was that to me was like super clunky. Honestly, I don't really understand what they're doing with Seven and Rafi in this season. I've got to admit. Um, because they skip over, like, and to be fair, like, it's fine. But this is, like, one of my complaints about Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the exposition happens in the expanded universe yes. stuff, in the books and the comics. And then, like, you get from what point A to point B. And you're like, I have no idea how, how we, we get here. get here. And, like, by putting the bulk of Seven and Rafi's relationship building in a audiobook, which mm-hmm. is great. It's a great book. But, like, we skipped over them like the, them caring for each other and yes. like you can tell they care about each other but like it's different totally. like we skipped over that and like i don't quite like yeah I it's don't, strange it's very strange it's this strange. cast honestly the cast is too big like that's what i'm realizing about this season they they don't have enough material to give every like i feel like they don't really have enough material to give most of them good storylines. So they're trying to like parse out like secondary storylines between all of the characters and it's not really working. The pacing just isn't there. I think it could yeah. have worked if they had built that in from the beginning. But if they did, it was too subtle. Mm-hmm. And then you have like the Rio stuff that I was like, w- you're going to bring this lady and her kid onto your spaceship? I think, yeah. So that's, that's, but that's what I mean. Like Rios, like he, like the, the secondary storylines, the secondary character storylines, not like, yes. like none of the A, B, the A plot is Picard's internal journey at this point. Yes. B plot is like, there none of the other ABC plots. The only character plot is Picard. None of yes. the other characters have plots. And yeah, that's I agree. a problem. I agree. Uh, because you nailed it like that's exactly what it is nobody else has anything to do beyond like run around and like look for stuff yeah yes that that's that's really what it is um and if you have a gorgeous cast here like oh my god you're so lucky with the cast you have like with Rafi how easily could this focus be about I thought it was going to be wholly about grief Mm-hmm. Like wholly about losing um, so much you care about. Elnor, right? And like figuring out how to exist in this high stress situation while she's grieving. And there's yeah. like a little bit of that, but li- this this episode shifted that completely for me. Where I was like, I don't understand why you guys are fighting. Yeah, even like Rafi felt like she was being very crass when she was like, "Why don't you bore like do your Borg thing?" I was like, "But I that seems mm. 
Yeah, so, like, there's a lot going on here with Seven, too, that they haven't made explicit. Yeah. And if you have watched Voyager, you know what is going through her head. And, like, the she's six years old when she was assimilated. But that's like what I mean, and, right? And, like, right. And, like, so she is going through this, like, for the first time in her life, she has no implants. And she is being, she's, like, that she can remember, really, she is being treated as just, like, a normal a person. Human. And then, like, but you can see the second she gets stressed, Jerry Ryan's so good. And she knows so good so well. And, like, you can see her, like, the seven kind of turn back on and her getting stiffer, like, the head, like, the way she moves her head. But none of that is really made explicit beyond a couple of throwaway lines in one episode. Mm-hmm. And so, and I take that back. There is a C-plot with the character, but it's Gerardi, which is maybe not the character I would want to see the most of of all the characters that we have in this cast. She's not the one I would pick to have a lot of character development. Agreed. And because it's not a particular development in my opinion, like so far. And so um, I think, I think it's like, I think I I would like, I'm going to, I'm going to put a pin in this again to um, talk about uh, in a couple of weeks, but in that, that particularly, but yeah, like basically Drafi, like, now I understand why they killed off Elnor. They already have too many characters and they don't, oh, you know what so I mean? Not, not, that I think, not that I think he's not going to come back or anything like that. He may come back. I'm not saying that he won't, but like they've barely done anything with Issa to be honest this season. Like, like it's just, they have too many. Like I also really think it's because they don't want to figure out a way to keep Elnor there when he so clearly is not a human. Like, yeah with the with the going yeah the same way you know yeah in the same way they can integrate into society like Elnor could not in Mm -hmm, the same way mm -hmm. and so maybe that was a complication they just didn't deal with but I agree I think it's exactly what you said like the plotting the literal characterization plotting is not there for anyone except Picard and Mm -hmm. in Q and so it's really getting it means that the plots that they are going through feel less mm-hmm. uh, compelling honestly yeah yeah no I agree I I do agree that's probably my one going to be my one big criticism of this season um I think this season is fantastic sorry I know we've spent a lot of time criticizing it just now but it's just like putting into words like the thing that like you know there's something that's bothering you about it but you can't quite articulate it and that's what it's going to be for me like they have a fantastic cast and they just didn't give a lot of them enough to do yeah Wholeheartedly but it's agree. still a good show. I love. I absolutely I will, love this show. I think, I think we're it's allowed to say, like, to me, it's it is really good. And I, when we were we were texting about it, and I was like, I was like, they're making me hate Gerardi right now. And you were like, do you not want to talk about it? And I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. I do want to discuss it because I am thoroughly enjoying the A storyline. Thoroughly enjoying yeah. Picard. Thoroughly enjoying like what. Jean-Luc is going through and yeah, what the Jean-Luc Q stuff is, is so just good. mind-blowing and like we always say we're allowed to critique things that we like yes and so I I just wanted to make that clear because I feel like it, like that is it is it's a, I mean I think it's the sad truth of of a show like this that is centered around one character mm-hmm. um because this is very much Patrick Stewart's show you know what? That's what it is. It's like they're trying to. I feel like this season maybe they're trying to do an ensemble show, but it's not an ensemble show, right? So, so this is this is just speculation on my part, but like 
To get Patrick Stewart to agree to a three-season series, one of his main issues with The Next Generation, one of his main issues with the movies and why a lot of the movies ended up being bad was because he kind of wanted to be the action hero. <laughs> like, he wanted to be the star. Like, he rewrote, like, a lot of, like, for example, Star Trek Insurrection. <laughs> I love it. Like, like, which ended up being not the best show, so he could be, like... <laughs> The like, you know, romantic lead and the hero and stuff. And so, yeah, so I have a feeling when he agreed to the show, he agreed to the show because like it was all about him. And that's not to denigrate him. The guy is like in his like 70s. He gets to do what he wants to do. And if he wants a show about him, that's fine. But I agree with you. Make Trying to make it an ensemble is a bit of a challenge if that's what you're dealing with. Yes. Um, so I think if there's I nothing, think yeah, I think, I think that's good. Um, we will be back in a few weeks after the yep. season finale with, to talk about um, it. And then we will be, uh, talk, we'll talk about the Batman hopefully and, um, the million and a half other Moon things Knight. that are airing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll do Moon Knight probably at the end of that series. I'm behind, but I have just really been enjoying it and heard such good things about the episodes I haven't seen yet that I don't really have much fear that we'll hate it or anything yeah i actually think moon knight and picard are gonna end in the same week yeah that makes sense because they both have two episodes left mm-hmm. so that's great cool yeah that's gonna be <laughs> great long like it's nice so at least we're gonna get an under an hour episode here and then like have like a four hour episode for our next one it'll be <laughs> fine great sounds we'll be fine. great um okay what are you doing uh, what am I doing? I am um, still doing Star Trek Picard recaps at StarTrek.com. Um, wait, did we talk about, we didn't talk about the announcement that the entire cast of The Next Generation. Oh, shit, right, yeah, Is coming back. Okay, let's talk about that really quick. Okay, very, very, very quick. Star Trek Picard, the entire wait, cast. No, 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 no. Wesley Crusher. No, I mean the entire <laughs> main cast. I'm sorry, I don't consider Wesley well, Crusher part of the main cast. we just do that after show. Um, the, the original, the seven core members of Star Trek The Next Generation, um, are coming back for season three of Picard, and, uh, Terry Madales, who's the, uh, showrunner, was really great on, um, Twitter, and confirmed that these are not just cameo appearances, they are being billed as co-stars, and this is a final adventure. So it seems like they're going to be series regulars. Um, So I'm really excited about that. We didn't talk about that, sorry. But, I mean, there's not much to say beyond, like, I'm really freaking excited about it. Um, Okay, I'm still doing my Wired column, um, so you can check that out at Wired.com. Still on TikTok, and I had a a video go viral and picked up like 5,000 new followers in the Mm -hmm. past like four days. And so it's been kind of overwhelming. Um, And I'm working on a book called Stargazing for Chronicle Books out next year. And hopefully hopefully I will have big news for you by our next episode. We'll see. I don't know. There's just a lot up in the air right now, but fingers crossed. Okay. What are you working on? Um, I think the main thing I'm going to say today, because this episode is going up tomorrow Mm-hmm. is if you want to pre-order Spider-Man's Social Dilemma, you should do it now because Barnes & Noble is offering 25% off all pre-orders until April 22nd with the code PREORDER25. So you can buy the book and it'll be 25% off um, at bn.com. That is the main thing that I want people to do. Please buy this book. Yes. <laughs> I'm so stressed about it. Don't be stressed. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to do great. 
um and then i am also working on a secret thing that i have i just i it's so fun and i can't wait to talk about it it's gonna be i can't wait for it to get announced but i have no idea when but just know just know that the thing that i'm working on is super fun right now i I can't wait to tell everybody i'm I'm like i'm like dying here like i (laughs) i just need to talk about my thing but i can't okay um what are you into um, okay, so I finally started Doom Patrol Season 3 on HBO Max. Um, much like Young Justice, which I also absolutely adore and highly, 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 highly recommend, as always, people watch, because I never want it to get canceled. Uh, Doom Patrol is a really funny, weird. strange, weird yeah. show. Yeah, I watched it for like three episodes, and I, I, I co-sign. It's so weird, but fantastic. It's such a great look at like how you can write about trauma and stress in and and do it in the most absurd ridiculous way possible but still make characters that you care deeply about like it's Mm -hmm. so good um and so I started season three which I'm enjoying but have to parse out because it's a lot of feelings um and then I just speaking of feelings I just wrapped my like 8 millionth Scrubs rewatch and it's still so funny in the series finale season 8. There is no season 9. We we will not speak of season 9, but season 8, that series finale is so good and it'll make me cry every time. I'm so mad because I was like in the middle of a rewatch and then they took it off Hulu. I think it was no, Hulu, it's on Hulu. I was watching it on. It's on okay, Hulu. then they took it on. Maybe it was on Netflix and they took it off Netflix. Maybe. And I never was able to, because I was just like watching it and I was yeah, never yeah. able to figure out like where I stopped watching. And so like, I can't pick it back up because I have no, no idea. Yeah. Did, what's the last thing you remember? I'll tell uh, you. Uh, the, 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 the doctor with the curly hair and the wife he hates having yeah. a baby and like kind of getting back together. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll tell you where you're at. Okay, I, okay. I'll, that's I'll... the last thing I I like remember. But I feel like I was past that part. Um, but I don't I don't remember. We'll figure it out. It's so good. I've never, I'd never seen it, and then I started like watching. It. I was really enjoying it, and then like I totally, I just I don't remember where. I did just pick up. I didn't realize. I love Bill Lawrence. He also is on the Ted Lasso team. He did Scrubs. I didn't know he did Spin City. Also. Hmm. Um, which I've never seen. Like, I love Me Michael neither. J. Fox, but I've yeah. never seen it. Um, so I started the fr- – I watched the first episode last night. It's only available on, like, Pluto TV, but it's okay. free. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't need mm-hmm. an account or anything. It does have commercials, but, like, whatever. Um, and so Scrubs – in the final episode of Scrubs, Elliot has secretly moved in with JD. Like, he's like, is this – wait, this is your bed? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, is this a picture of your brother on the night table? And she's like, yeah. He's like, are you moving in with me? And she's like, uh, maybe. They make the exact same joke in the first episode of Spin City. Okay. with my. So I'm. it must be an Easter egg. But with like Michael J. Fox and uh, I don't know the character's names yet because it's been one episode. But his yeah. girlfriend that he's been seeing for like a year and a half Um he's like they're in bed or something and he's like oh I have to go back out to work you might want to like spend the night at your place and she's like oh I gave it up and he's like what where do you live and she's like here and he's like what and she's like did you not notice my couch in the living room and I was like that's the same fucking joke (laughs) like that's the exact same joke what (laughs) I was like oh man I love you Bill Lawrence (laughs) so anyways yeah that's what I'm doing um 
mostly because I need TV to cross stitch too, so I can finish yeah, this giant fair. ass cross stitch I'm doing. Um, I am. I just started reading last night Brotherhood by Mike Chen. Um, oh, I'm gonna start it soon. I'm gonna yeah, start it's it. It's an Obi Wan and Anakin novel set between Clone Wars and uh, Revenge of the Sith, and it's kind of like uh, Anakin Padme have just gotten married and. Uh, and he has just become like a Jedi Knight and he's no longer a Padawan. It's kind of like a coming of age story for Anakin in a lot of ways. I really like it. I think it's fantastic. Mike's great. Like just generally great person. And the book is really good. I The way you know I'm old is like, I'm like sitting there in bed reading it. And I'm like, why can't I? And I'm like, I got the print book yesterday. Uh, it's mailed to me. It's, it's coming out in like two weeks, I think. And like, I'm like, why can't I see this properly? And then I realized it's because it's like the first non-backlit book I've read in like two years because I only read on my e-reader now. And I'm like, it's like the first print book I've read because I was like, why can't I see this? Like old person. But anyway, <laughs> very good book. I highly recommend it uh, when I think it's, it comes um, out. Paralleling timeline-wise, um, the last Padme e. K. book. E.K. Johnston's yeah last Padme book which I have not I didn't read the, read the second one so I need I like I'm waiting on that one because I need to it's go really back good. it's really uh, good it's got a lot of read. feelings yeah I mean all of her books are fantastic and very full of feelings um, but yeah I feel like it's like Padme's perspective is the the third E.K. Johnson Padme book and Anakin's perspective is going to be this brotherhood book yeah um, from Mike so I feel like they're going to go very well together and I am making my way through the first few episodes of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is the upcoming Captain Pike show that premieres in two weeks. Uh, basically, when I think the day, the I think it's the week after, like Picard's season finale drops, and then the week after that, Strange New World starts. Mm. Um, I think that's the way it works, but it may be the same day. Uh, but I'm really excited because I'm going to the premiere. I just like confirmed like yesterday Yay. i'm going to the premiere um in new york for, uh, it's gonna be for, super fun uh, yeah i'm really excited about it um uh for strange new world so yeah it's it's i'm very excited for this show to drop and it has stefan from the vampire diaries yes, as captain I kirk think not till season two though i don't Ugh, think that's fine season. But we'll still enjoy, like, I'll still tell you if you need to watch it. Um, but uh, it is, it's a good, it's a good show. Um, and with that, we are part of the Hard Knock Life Podcast Network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. That's N-O-C as in nerds of color, media.com. And a huge thank you to our Patreon supporters. Thank you to Meredith and Rita at the $12 level and Amber, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Knott family, Bria, Keshev, Ruth, and Kavita at the $5 level. Uh, you can hang out with us over there at patreon.com slash Girls. Otherwise, we are on Twitter at Girls. I am on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and all of the things at runwithskizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. I am at S Krishna on Instagram and Twitter and at Swapna underscore Krishna on TikTok. And until next time. You can, we'll see you. You can see <laughs> us. Absolutely. You can see us. Are you no. sorry? Five years in. I know. My friends. <laughs> I know. Well, it's not written down. We all know if it's not written down. Like, I don't, I don't, I need the script. I need it scripted. I can't improv. Until next time. We will see you. In hell. <laughs>